This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 137 A Sitcom Review in Chronological Order From the SFPPN Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Let's continue with the sitcoms of 1986. Life with Lucy premiered on ABC on September 20th, 1986, at 8 p.m. The greatest TV legend who helped to invent the sitcom as we know it returns to TV in the twilight of her life. Lucille Ball stars as a grandmother who's recently become a widow, a motif in her later shows. She inherits half-interest in a hardware shop, with the other half owned by Curtis Gail Gordon, Lucy's stalwart since radio. Lucy's daughter, Margot Ann Dusenberry, happens to be married to Curtis's son, Ted, Larry Anderson. Lucy and Gordon live with their kids, along with grandkids Becky, Jenny Lewis, and Kevin, Philip J. Emilio II. There's an employee at the store, Leonard Donovan Scott. Now, we covered Lucy way back in Episode 5 for I Love Lucy, and Larry Anderson in Episode 94 for Brothers and Sisters. We talked about Gail Gordon throughout his various shows, but never went over his bio. His father was a vaudevillian, his mother an actress. While Gail did a few minor films, his major success was on TV and radio before that. His big break on radio was playing the mayor on Fibber McGee and Molly. Other radio shows, The Great Gildersleeve, Flash Gordon as the lead, the first actor to play the part in 1935, Speed Gibson, The Casebook of Gregory Hood, The Wonder Show, where he worked with Lucy, the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show as a fictional sponsor representative. He played a hapless city slicker working a farm on Granby's Green Acres with co-star B. Benaderet. The main writer, Jay Summers, would translate this to TV's Green Acres, part of the Hooterville trilogy. His last major radio work was playing the principal on Our Miss Brooks, a role he would also play on the resulting TV series, which ran concurrent with the radio show. His commitment to Our Miss Brooks and other radio shows stopped him from accepting another role, Fred Mertz in I Love Lucy. William Frawley got the part. He had been on Lucy's last radio show, My Favorite Husband, which was the basis of Lucy and Ricky. He did appear in guest roles there, Gordon would go on to regular or recurring roles on The Box Brothers, Sally, The Danny Thomas Show, Pete and Gladys, Dennis the Menace, playing the second Mr. Wilson. By the time the Dennis role ended, Lucy asked him to play her boss, Mr. Mooney, on The Lucy Show. That show ended after six seasons when Desilu was sold off to Paramount. Lucy created a new show called Here's Lucy and Gordon was back, this time as both her boss and brother-in-law, Uncle Harry. Mooney and Harry were essentially the same character. Here's Lucy ran another six seasons. 
By this point, Lucille Ball had been on the air on CBS for 23 years from 1951 to 74 with the radio show before that. Gordon basically retired at this point until Lucy coaxed him back for Life with Lucy. By this point, he was 80 years old and only agreed to come back if he was guaranteed pay for a full season, regardless if it made it that far or not. He reportedly did a top-notch job, never flubbing a line. Once the show ended, he mostly retired again, making cameos in the films The Burbs and TV show Hi Honey, I'm Home. He earned four Emmy noms, mostly for the various Lucy shows. Gordon passed in 1995. This was Ann Dusenberry's only regular TV series. She got into the business by circulating her resume at Universal via her boyfriend at the time, who was a truck driver there. She did a number of guest roles, appeared in miniseries Captains and the Kings and Little Women, as well as the film Jaws 2. Jenny Lewis was a child actress, mostly doing guest roles, as well as films Troop Beverly Hills, The Wizard, Foxfire, and Pleasantville. She would later be a regular on Shannon's Deal and Brooklyn Bridge. By the late 90s, she moved into music, forming the country indie rock band Rilo Kiley, who would perform until 2011. In the 2000s and beyond, Lewis also worked as a solo act. Philip J. Emilio II would go on to a three-year run on All My Children. He retired from showbiz at age 13, later becoming a high school teacher. He died in 2005 from a bacterial infection at age 27. Donovan Scott had already appeared on Fairy Tale Theater and in films 1941, Popeye, Police Academy, Sheena, and Psycho 3 prior to Life with Lucy. He appeared in Back to the Future 3 and was a regular on Alaska Kid, which he also directed along with Under the Doghouse. Life with Lucy came about because of a dramatic TV movie, Stone Pillow, starring a very unglamorous Lucy as a homeless woman. ABC had been coaxing Lucy to return to TV since the late 70s, but this put it over the goal line. However, Ms. Ball demanded total creative control. ABC offered her the writers from MASH, but she insisted on the same writers she had going back to the radio show, Bob Carroll Jr. and Madeline Pugh. She even called in old crew members, including a sound man who ironically was going deaf. Thanks to her husband-slash-exec producer-slash-agent, Gary Morton, Lucy was paid $100,000 an episode, an obscene amount at the time. Her character's last name, Barker, used the same A-R as Lucy Ricardo, Carmichael, and Carter in tribute to Desi Arnaz. The show used a device from the earlier series, bringing in a big guest star playing themselves. In this case, it was the late John Ritter, who Lucy adored and could keep up with her physical shtick. The first episode did very well in the ratings, mostly due to excitement over Lucy's return. Her entrance in the first scene generated an ovation of over a minute, most of which had to be edited out. Ratings dropped quickly after that. Why? Well, there's the dated comedy the writers by that point had written over 500 Lucy scripts. There were understandable concerns when viewers watched a 74-year-old woman doing physical comedy concerned she would break a hip, and it was up against the facts of life. Only eight episodes aired with the last one introducing a sister to Lucy, TV legend Audrey Meadows, intended to be the new Viv. Five more were produced but not aired, with one more written but never produced. Reportedly, Lucy was in a bad mood during most of the production. Even she had to know this was not going to work. 
It didn't help that she had just quit smoking for the show, her voice was raspy at best, and the love of her life, Desi, was dying during the production, calling her nightly to ask forgiveness for his discretions. He slept around, which is why Lucy picked him as her TV husband in the 50s, so she could keep an eye on him. Regardless, Lucy was heartbroken over the cancellation. All her other shows rarely dipped below the top 10. Her husband didn't tell her it was over until she finished taping the final episode. Lucy basically retired at that point, doing few interviews. She cried about it during an appearance on The Joan Rivers Show and making an appearance with Bob Hope at the 1989 Oscars, one month before she passed of an aortic aneurysm. Due to the small number of episodes, the show never made it to syndication, only aired rarely as part of a Lucy tribute. A few episodes were included as extras in other Lucy box sets, and it finally got its own DVD set in 2019, including the five episodes that had never aired. Found an episode on YouTube. The opening theme, sung by Edie Gourmet, is lush, orchestral, and swingin'. Can't say that about the rest of the show. No amount of makeup. Lucy looks like a kabuki actor can hide her age. Lucy's character is a health nut as a gimmick. The rest of Lucy's family is really superfluous. Why does Mr. Mooney, sorry, Curtis, wear a full three-piece suit to run a hardware store? Laughin's Ruth Buzzy as a cameo, but the real guest is John Ritter. Lucy even gets a chance to be in the show. The comedy is about as subtle as a birthday clown. Every second Lucy is doing physical comedy, I'm biting my fingernails. If I had a dime for every time we cried, I wouldn't have a dime to spare. And if I had a dollar for the laughter we knew, we'd be living like a millionaire. The Ellen Burstyn Show premiered on ABC on September 20th, 1986 at 8.30 p.m. An otherwise decent show with a great cast that was the victim of scheduling, specifically having Life with Lucy as a lead-in. The eponymous star plays a college professor and best-selling writer, along with her mother, Elaine Stritch, and her divorced daughter, Megan Mullally, who has a five-year-old son, Jesse Tendler. Barry Sobel plays one of her students. We covered Elaine Stritch in episode 22 for My Sister Eileen, Barry Sobel in episode 128 for the series 227, and we'll cover Megan Mullally when we get to her much better-known series. Ellen Burstyn dropped out of high school her senior year and began working as a dancer and model. She played one of the Away We Go girls on The Jackie Gleason Show, 1955-56. A year later, she was on Broadway in Fair Game and had guest roles in TV shows into the 60s. She was a regular or recurred on The Doctors, Iron Horse, That's Life, The Book of Daniel, Big Love with an Emmy nom, Political Animals, an Emmy win, Louie, House of Cards, an Emmy nom, and The First Lady. She was nominated for five more Emmys, winning one for a guest role on Law & Order SVU. By the 70s, she'd moved into films, Tropic of Cancer, The Last Picture Show, Oscar nomination, The Exorcist, Oscar nomination, Harry and Tonto, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, Oscar and BAFTA wins. Same time next year, Oscar nom and Golden Globe win. She also played that role on Broadway, winning a Tony and Drama Desk Award. Resurrection, 
Oscar nomination, How to Make an American Quilt, Requiem for a Dream, Oscar nomination, The Wicker Man, 30 Days, W, Interstellar, The Age of Adeline. Burston would return to Broadway in 84 Charing Cross Road and won awards for Off-Broadway's The Little Flower of East Orange. If she would just read an audiobook, she could pick up a Grammy and reach EGOT status. Burston is still active at 88, planning to reprise her role in an Exorcist remake. Jesse Tendler was a child actor, and this series was only his second role. He went on to TV series The Thorns, along with a number of TV guest roles. He switched to writing and producing later in life and is currently doing that, along with starring in Mandated. The Ellen Burstyn Show had a bad break, to say the least, considering its lead-in. Eight episodes aired, and then four more were burned off the next summer, with a final episode unaired. I found an episode on YouTube. The opening theme is generic 80s sitcom. Ellen's character starts the episode talking directly to the camera. I wouldn't have recognized Megan Mullally if I didn't see her name in the credits. Elaine Stritch nails every line she has. The main plot is about a dog giving puppies, which turns into a dramatic moment. ALF premiered on NBC on September 22nd, 1986 at 8 p.m., a throwback to the We've Got a Secret format where the main character is fantastical and the rest spend their time keeping them a secret. The alien life form is Gordon Shumway, voiced and puppeteered by Paul Fusco, who co-created the series. Looking like a cross between a pig, a monkey, and an anteater, Gordon crash lands into the garage of the Tanners. Father Willie, Max Wright, a social worker, Mother Kate, Ann Sheedon, daughter Lynn, Andrea Elson, and son Brian, Benji Gregory. For unclear reasons, the Tanners take Alf into their home, hiding him from the Alien Task Force, a secret government agency, along with nosy neighbors Trevor, John LaMotta, and Raquel, Liz Sheridan, both in the grand tradition of Agnes Kravitz and Lorelai Brown. Late in the series, Kate has a baby boy Eric, Charles Nickerson. The actress became pregnant, so they had to write him in. Now, we covered Max Wright in episode 116 for Buffalo Bill. Paul Fusco got his start on a local kids' show and was doing magic and puppeteering on the side. He joined a puppeteering team who made some TV specials. Fusco initially created Alf to annoy his friends, then thought he could make a TV show out of it. He met producer Tom Patchett, writer on the Muppet movies, as well as 70s and 80s sitcoms, and they took the concept to Brandon Tartikoff at NBC. Paul would later go on to kids' show Space Cats. Ann Sheedon's mother signed her up for acting classes to help overcome her shyness. After some dinner theater, summer stock, and commercials, Sheedon got one of the later Universal Studio contracts, and this translated into guest TV roles and regular recurring ones on Marcus Welby, MD, and Emergency. She would later have a run playing various girlfriends on Three's Company, as well as the series Paper Dolls. Then came Alf and a few guest roles after that, including a short run on Judging Amy. Today, Sheedon works for a nonprofit assisting disadvantaged foreign families. 
Andrea Elson was a child actor and model who was a regular on WizKids prior to ALF. She then had guest roles through the 90s. Benji Gregory's father, uncle, and sister were actors. His grandmother was his agent. In addition to various guest roles, he did voice work for Fantastic Max and the Back to the Future cartoon. John LaMotta had a run on ER and appeared in Breakin' 2, Electric Boogaloo, plus a lot of guest TV roles. Liz Sheridan started as a nightclub dancer and singer, later cast in various Broadway shows, none of which lasted. During her nightclub years, she met an unknown James Dean and had what she describes as each other's first romantic love. She lived for a decade in the Caribbean and won a horse race riding her own stallion. She was guesting on TV shows by the late 70s and appeared in films Star 80, Legal Eagles, Who's That Girl, and Play the Game. She recurred doing voice work on Life with Louie, but is best known for her role as Mama Seinfeld on his series. ALF came together after Paul Fusco won over Bernie Brillstein with his ALF character. Brillstein resisted initially due to his long partnership with Jim Henson. Brillstein introduced him to Tom Patchett, who would help write and direct the series. Due to the highly technical nature of the show, episodes would take 20 to 25 hours to shoot. A live studio audience was impossible, so a laugh track was used instead. The entire set was on a raised platform, with the puppet coming out of various hidden trap doors. ALF would generally be seen behind a couch or table. There was a full-body ALF puppet used during the first season so ALF could walk around. A short person, Michu Mazaros, was in the suit. It proved to be too difficult and expensive, so it was dropped. Despite the difficulties, the show was a hit for NBC, hitting 3.0 on the Bazinga scale during its first three seasons, A move to Saturday killed it in the fourth. There was some censorship as the show became popular. Alf's propensity to eat cats was dropped after a little girl placed one in a microwave. Alf also drank beer in season one, but had to be dropped as so many kids were watching. He also tried to create a jacuzzi with a bathtub and an electric mixer. Despite a mini PSA from Alf saying not to do that, a child did so. He's fine. The series ended in a cliffhanger after a verbal renewal for season five was withdrawn. ABC would later resolve this in a TV movie in 1996. Max Wright has gone on record saying he hated the series due to the long delays for setups and the fact that an inanimate object received most of the good lines of dialogue. When the final episode finished taping, he reportedly went to his dressing room, grabbed his bags, and left. ALF had a number of spinoffs, an eponymous animated show featuring ALF's life on Melmac, a talk show on TV Land in 2004. ALF recurred on the Hollywood Squares as well as a lot of TV guest spots, at one point hosting the Macy's Parade. A planned movie and TV reboot in the 2010s never came to fruition. He recently appeared on an episode of Young Sheldon. There was ALF merchandise, video games... ALF was even invited to the White House. Reagan said it was his favorite show. ALF won the People's Choice Award for Favorite New TV Comedy. Series is currently available on the Roku channel, Voodoo, and Tubi. I decided to check it out on Roku. The opening theme is from ALF's POV as he uses a camcorder to introduce the rest of the cast. When the family needs to bring in a babysitter, the nosy neighbor, ALF has to keep quiet. It doesn't go well. Trevor and Raquel do the Kravitz routine. Fusco really does a great job, and his lines hit well. (laughs) 
more of 1986's sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.